You are Locked On Wolverines, your daily podcast on the Michigan Wolverines, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Happy Thursday, part duh. Locked On Wolverines podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. I'm your man on the ground, Isaiah Hole, publisher of Wolverines Wire through USA Today Sports Media Group. Uh, if this is the first thing you are listening to, your first listen, as they want me to say, and almost never do, uh, on Thursday. No, this is second. This is two of two. Because uh, I didn't have Monday and Tuesday podcasts. But uh, we did a reaction to the team captains. Part of that was knowing that our schedule was going to be that. Uh, but uh, this is now the mailbag, our normal Thursday deal. So we are back and doing it. Uh, Locked on Wolverines podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Did I say that before? I don't know. As I have pointed out many a time, I don't know anything about anything. Can't remember nothing. Um, can't even remember what happened 15 seconds ago. Maybe I said it once. Maybe I said it twice. You beat the judge. Time will tell. Uh, so we are going to get to our leaders and best in the mailbag. And he has all of 10 seconds here and doesn't look like we've got... Uh, we don't have James Crudup. This is like the end of an epic streak. I think he has asked a question. He has let us off. Part of the leaders and best on the mailbag. I think every single week since I started doing it. And I hope everything is okay. But no James Crudup. So, we're just going to go right to Josh Barr at Jadicky. We think it will come down to Michigan and Ohio State for the Big Ten East, but do you think the teams will end up uh, from third through last place this season? Or how do you think the teams will end up from third to last place this season? Uh, I actually somewhat thought this through earlier today. I was talking to, uh, to Jake Butt. He was telling me everything he was going to say on uh, Big Ten Network. He did an amazing job on uh, his debut on Big Ten Today. He said Penn State at number three. And part of me wants to agree with that. However, as much as it's going to draw the ire of a lot of people here, I think I have more faith in Michigan State. Now, I don't think Michigan State's going to necessarily be great, right? I don't. Uh, but I think that I, I'm really big on that Jake and Broussard kid. I'm not as big. They've talked about Jalen Berger as the running back. I think that the the one from Colorado is better. I but they still have offensive line problems. They lost some of their offensive linemen, so I think their defense will be better. But how much better is the question? Not sure. So I'm gonna go. But I'm gonna go MSU third, Penn State fourth, Maryland fifth. Rutgers sixth, Indiana seventh. So I think really, I think that's exactly what it was last year. So that's what I'm going for. Is I think it's gonna. I think it might be the exact same order. And it's not because certain teams didn't get better or worse. I mean, it might. You might flip Indiana and Rutgers because Rutgers just got a brutal schedule. But I, I think that's it. My brother, Metal Michael Wolf at MWolf21. What things need to happen in game one for you to feel more confident for the season? I mean, I feel pretty confident for the season anyway. Would you want me to be more confident? I feel like I'm one of the only people out there that's being, uh, that's being pretty confident. 
I mean, everyone's confident, but I mean, I'm I'm sitting out here saying like eleven and one. I put up ten to ten and two on paper. No, I put eleven and one on paper. I think I'm I'm. Remember last year I said nine and three is what I put on paper, and ten and two is what I'm going for. Like that's kind of what I feel, really. Uh, I'm doing the same thing this year. I put I put eleven and one on paper. I honestly think that there's a strong chance they go undefeated this year in the regular season. Beyond that, I don't know. No way to tell because we don't know what the schedule is going to be or what other teams are going to be. But what Michigan needs to do to be for me to be more confident, I think, is not take the foot off the gas pedal even against the three non-conference games. I just want to see them look sharp defensively. Maybe not week one, but sometime in in those first two three weeks, I want to see them hold whatever team did no touchdowns. I want no touchdowns from the other teams. That's hard to do, especially in week one, but we'll see. Uh, all right. Jimmy Whitner at Jimmy Whitner one. What would you say is the biggest improvement from spring practice to fall? It's got obviously several questions here. Um, I don't know from spring practice to fall per se, what it is, but it seems like defensive communication is probably the biggest one. Um, I think that's hard to say because, like, they say things in in fall camp that it's hard to tell what's real, and we buy into it and all of that, but it's hard to tell what's real. I think going from seeing what the spring game looked like compared to what and Michigan rarely admits its weaknesses anymore, so that makes things that much harder. So I'm not really sure. Uh, number two, looking at our current commit list, what position is our biggest need? I'd like to see, I, I mean, quarterback, if they can get Jaden Davis, doesn't really matter. If they don't take one this year, I don't think too much. Um, I, I know they really like Davis Warren and behind J.J. McCarthy. I would say running back. They need to get a big time running back. I don't think they're going to do it this cycle, but that's what they need. More offensive linemen, more defensive linemen. I mean, not defensive ends, but interior guys. And linebacker. They got a lot of needs in this class that they, they need to fill. There's still a lot of time, so we'll see. Uh, number two, looking at our... Oh, you already did that one. Number three, can you recommend a breakfast spot to try on game day? My favorite, it's a local... I, don't, I, don't th I think it's a local chain, but maybe it's not. Jagged Fork is my favorite overall. Uh, if you want something that's a little bit more off radar, Taco King. I get a breakfast. I had a breakfast burrito from there today. I, I get it a couple times a week. Uh, I get it with chorizo. I ask for extra egg, no lettuce for whatever reason they put on there. Lettuce, be rice, and beans. I, I nix all that. Add extra egg, chorizo, guacamole, sour cream. Incredible. Love it. Um, a lot of people like Angelo's. I think it's okay. I'm kind of lukewarm on it. Uh, I haven't gone to Stray Hen yet, but I've heard a lot of really good things. And that's a place I really want to get to. Stray Hen Cafe. Uh, which is where um, Fred's used to be. And then I changed Fred's to Wilma's. And then Pandemic killed it. But it looks incredible. Alright. Uh, so, I, I had reached out about 10 minutes before I started recording. And James Crudup got back to me finally so here we go he's not first but he's still here 
How late do you let the starters go at each position, given what we think we know? Um, I, I mean, if they... Here's the thing. I want pedal to the metal, yes. But if the game is out of hand, I don't want Cade McNamara. I don't want Ronnie Bell. I want all those guys to be sitting, right? You've got a lot of depth that you can get out there and play, which can make you that much more dangerous even for, for later in the season, for next year, all that kind of stuff. Uh, so I would be like, hey, halftime, you're up by 21 points. I'm going to give you one more series, make it 28, and then done. That's probably the way I would do it. KRTF Farmer 84, what would you say is slash was the most impactful player to Michigan football in the Harbaugh era? This one's tough, man. Uh, this one's tough. From a recruiting standpoint, I'm, I would say it's J.J. McCarthy from a recruiting standpoint because I think he really rallied the troops. Cade McNamara did as well. I mean, that's one of the things that uh, Mike Sanders still talked about today. But I think that um, from a recruiting standpoint, it's J.J., but we haven't seen yet what he's, what he's going to be, right? It's from, from a playing standpoint, the most impactful player I'm going to have to go with Jake Rudock because without Jake Rudock, I don't know that Michigan goes 10 and three in Harbaugh year one. I don't think he sets you up for that type. I think we, I, I no offense to some of the other quarterbacks that were on the roster. I just don't think that without Jake Rudock, that you've set yourself up well for the future. And Michigan's not going to get the same leeway that Steve Sarkeesian gets at Texas. They're not going to get that. Well, they went five and seven, but you know they're going to be really good next year. They they weren't going to get that. It'd be like Harbaugh, even before the season when they were like Harbaugh, be lucky to make a bowl game. Say they went six and six, they would be like he's awful. He's not. This team hasn't improved. We said that we would be lucky if we made a bowl game, but we didn't mean it. We expected what we ended up actually getting. So finishing us out in segment one, Jonathan Joseph at twenty one fifty six. It's almost game week, but is Carol Hutchins on the Mount Rushmore of Michigan coaches? Absolutely. I mean, she's the winningest coach in the history of Michigan athletics. Coached in Ann Arbor for, what, 38 years? It's I was two when she started coaching in Ann Arbor. It doesn't get more prolific. Sad to see her go, even though I've only been to one Michigan softball game ever. But uh, maybe it was two. I think it was one, though, in 2017. Big Ten tournament against, or big, yeah, Big Ten tournament against uh, Michigan State, and they lost. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be sad to see her go. It's different uh, that they're moving on. That's where we're at. All right, let us continue. Uh, we still got plenty more. Not as many as last week. I'm very excited about that because that was hard to fit, like, 40 questions into 30 minutes. But BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your betting needs. Find all of your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information from live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts. They have you covered. Head to BetOnline today to use your mobile device, or use your mobile device rather, to learn more about the action happening today. BetOnline. Where the game starts. 
March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, we still got plenty more to come from, starting with our Victor's Valiant. Uh, we've got four question askers, multiple questions, and I believe we have the same deal five in the last segment. So this is like a perfect deal for me, like low stress. I love when there's a ton of questions, and I, I hate it when there's like eight because <laughs> I can't make a whole show out of it. This is perfect, especially after last week. Let's start with Jim at Jim in the North. Who is the quarterback I need to start screaming for once JJ gets the job and proves he's human? Davis Warren, duh. Davis Warren. Listen, if he would have been healthy, he would have been a five-star. He would have been, he would, but his perseverance shows that he's an even better five-star than JJ. He's so good. We need to see, he looked so good in that spring game. He's going to be so good. Or, and if not Davis Warren, then Alan Bowman. Did you see how many yards that dude threw for at Texas Tech? And if not him, Alex Orgy can just run, man. Like, who doesn't want a quarterback that can throw but is also the size of a linebacker with speed? Oh, man. I want it for me. It will be so good. That's what we need. It will always be the backup. Only one, like I said before, the only one that was impervious to this was Jake Rudock. Because there wasn't really a backup that anyone... That was screaming for Wilton Spate. No one was super excited about him. Shane Morris was like the moment concussion gate happened. It was like, no one cared. No one really wanted Alex Malzone. No offense again to those guys. Those guys are acquaintances of mine now that they've graduated, but you know, it just, there was not the fan excitement for anyone behind Jake Rudock. And he played all right. Uh, has Michigan gotten a player who's had some issues before? Could this be a sign admissions are easing up a bit? No, because here's the thing. It's Ayabi Anoma, is who I'm assuming you're referencing. He He's a grad transfer. He graduated from UT Martin. Uh, so that at least he graduated, right? Uh, he wasn't like, he, it sounds like he didn't fail out at Alabama or Houston for the same reasons that a lot of people do because it wasn't because he couldn't hack it. He just wasn't going to class. Same reason I got kicked out of Michigan. I was like, I'm leaving. And they're like, no, you got kicked out. I'm like, oh. And then I had to shore things up, go to community college, come back. All that stuff. The types of things you kind of do when you're young, right? But no, I don't think admissions is easing up a bit. When you're a grad transfer, you can graduate from anyone. And it's because you got your degree, right? You're starting anew as a grad transfer, so. Will Donovan Edwards, Blake Corum, or someone else get the Haskins-type yards? I mean, I think that it would be Blake Corum. I think he was on track to be the leading rusher for the Wolverines last year had he not gotten hurt. I, I'm pretty sure for those through those first several games, he was that guy. I, I do want to double-check because I think that that is an interesting thing because, okay, so rushing... 
We're going to do it by go Blake Corum game log. So he had fallen off a little bit in a couple of these games, right? But he got injured in the Indiana game and then didn't play for two more weeks. So missed 2.75 games here. His stat line looks as such. 111, 171, 125, 68, 46. That's Wisconsin, of course. 89, 119, 45, 4. So we won't count the Indiana game, and I'm not adding anything up here. But uh, Hassan Haskins, his stat line goes 70, 155, 56, 41, 47, 123, 110, 59. So Blake's... Got him beat, I think, in uh, pretty much all around. He was better in pretty much every game. About the same in Wisconsin, about the same in Washington. Otherwise, he had a couple better games. Northwestern, more. Michigan State, about the same. So, uh, I think uh, they were on the same path, the same track. It, it's that Haskins turned on the Jets for the next four games. 168 against Indiana, 156 against Penn State, not as much against Maryland, 78, 169 against Ohio State. So, Corum would still be my choice. He was lighting things up before all that. Uh, Spencer Whitmore. At Spencer Whitmore is the highest optimism heading into a season is this the highest optimism you felt heading into a season since you've covered the team? 2016 felt similar as a fan. Uh, I think it's about the same as 2016, to be honest. Uh, it just, it, to me, there's an air of, they can do this. 2016 might have been a little bit higher for me in some ways because even though there was some offensive questions, I think this team is more talented than 2016 overall, but 2016, 2016 just had like this feel of like they're gonna do it and then right out of the gates 66 to 3 or whatever it was against why it was like no they are gonna do it so i think this team is deeper i feel like there are more question marks though but at the same time the places where there's question marks are the some of the places i feel more confident like the defense overall so yeah i, I do think this is maybe it's at least on equal footing as 2016. But I think one of the big differences is I think Ohio State's more talented than it was at that point. I think Ohio State took their entire program up a major level, and that makes things really more difficult. If Ohio State was the same type of team as it was in 16, 17, even 18, I know things went 62 to 39 on Michigan, but... I would feel like any of those years, I think I would just feel like Michigan would probably come in and just dominate with this particular team. That's how I feel. Mark Zia, Mark Zimke, if you were evaluating a player to start or make the two deep, how would you rank the following? Pure athleticism, comprehension of scheme, technique. Ooh, that's rough. <laughs> that's a tough one, man. I think it would have to be, I mean, you have to have pure athleticism in there. It has to be. Like, it can't be, you can't necessarily, I think you'd probably need, might be that exact order. 
it's it's probably actually comprehensive comprehension of scheme pure athleticism technique is how I'd rate it because you have to know what you're doing out there and if you don't have good technique you can make up for it with pure athleticism that's how I would do it but man that's tough good question finishing us out in segment two Tyler at T underscore force one I think the loss of Hassan Haskins is being underrated. Yes, Michigan is very capable of backs, but last year, third and less than four was almost automatic, and that was also huge in play calling on first and second down. How do the Wolverines overcome that? Is it as simple as Dunlap slash Mullings? Uh, also, what if it didn't snow in Ann Arbor on November 27th, 2021? As much as the Buckeyes won't admit this, the same thing would have happened. It was 80 degrees. It would have been all the same. So all the things that happened against Oregon, Michigan did do one worse. Same deal. So snow is just a lit, part of a litany of excuses. They didn't have the flu when they played Oregon. You know? The excuses are weird. Um, I mean, if there were refereeing excuses, then fine. I think that's fair in any game. But they didn't have that. They had we had the flu and it was free. It was cold. We were chilly. Uh, as far as Hassan Haskins, I mean, he he did help move the offense. I think that they have other capable backs though, and I don't think it necessarily has to be one of the third down backs. It could be Blake Corum. It could be you know having Wiggle could be a different thing too, right? And Blake Corum could be that guy. Donovan Edwards could be that guy. The fact that you've got Donovan Edwards, AJ Henning any number of guys you can put out there at the same time creates issues for the defense. You don't have to necessarily run at them. You hope that you can, that it can be, we're going to run at you and there's nothing you can do about it, but you don't necessarily have to do that. Um, and I just think having good play calls is, you know, and especially on first and second down is part of it. So, uh, I do think it's, it, it is a big loss. I'm not saying it isn't a big loss, but it's kind of the same as, uh, Aiden and David Ajabo in the sense of like, they've managed to have pretty good offenses in Ann Arbor before without, and this was the best in the Jim Harbaugh era. Yes. Part of it's because of Hassan Haskins. I don't think it's solely of course. So they've got other playmakers. They just got to utilize them, utilize them as they best can. Haskins, one of his best things he could fall forward. Other guys, they, they have other talents, put them in a position to succeed. All right. Let's continue on. We've got five more questions. We'll get to those just momentarily. All right. Finishing up podcast two of two. It's the Michigan mailbag. Very excited to do that. We've got five more questions uh, to go in this one. I don't think we're going to reach 30, believe it or not. Maybe we will because get long winded. Zan at Zanland, which German will have better stats this year. German green or Julius Welshkoff. Uh, for some reason, I read that almost Spanish. I almost said Julius, which I know is not correct. Uh, I think, obviously, both will play. German Green looked really good in the spring game. He's been mentioned here and there, not in like, a man, he is just breaking out, but just like, yeah, he's one of the dudes at corner. Finally, they switched him from safety to corner. Um, but uh, if, if memory serves, German was actually the higher-rated recruit. I kind of want to see that. But uh, I think because one of them was a four star, 
And the other one was a three-star. And I think German was the four-star. I think. I'm pretty sure. Because it was whoever was the safety, and that's who he was. Maybe I'm, I think I might have it backwards. It might have been German. Yeah, but it's because German was a, uh, German was a three-star, rated 12.25 naturally. So it must have been German. That was the higher rated one. Yes, he was. 382. Um, so I was wrong. He actually wasn't a four star. He must at that one point I'm pretty sure he was. But German, I think, had broken something. I don't remember how it went. There was a whole bunch of like weird things we were being told. Like, oh well, this one's really good, but you know, but this one is actually he got injured and he'd be even better, all kinds of stuff like that. So uh, Jamon had 24 offers. I know I'm taking a tangent because I'm, I'm personally curious at the moment <laughs> about, about this. Uh, German only had 10. So I think Jamon was probably always the better one that said, I mean, Julius Welskoff is a four star constantly been a freak, uh, on the two years running on the freaks athletes list played a bit in 2020 as a defensive tackle. Looked okay at times, like looked really good at times, and looked okay a lot of other times. Now they have him back at edge. I think we'll see him more than people think. I mean, he he has the potential of being really good. I think we'll see him more than people think. So we'll see. Wolverine Chronicle at Wolverine Cron. How early and often do you think we'll use Abianoma? Well, I think the benefit of having this schedule as it is is that you can hopefully tinker a bit. But basically, you got to put the first team defense out there and be like, all right, go prove it. Prove it for a half so that we can go and bring in some of these guys that need some work. Could he see one or two snaps outside of that? Like a, you know, either like a third and long type situation or whatever? Yeah, absolutely. And I hope that they do, but then you can play him a bit more in the second. Hopefully, he's feeling the scheme a bit more. Then you actually take him out after that and you say, you know, let's look at the film. Here's what you did right. Here's what you did wrong. The typical stuff, but like really try to indoctrinate him into the scheme, you know, that way instead of just holding them out because he is that type of talent. Just kind of get him in a little bit. And then maybe, just maybe, by week five, like David Ajabo did, like you say he gets a sack in week two or something like that. And it's like, oh, okay. All right. Now we're, now we're working. Get that confidence so that maybe by week five, week six or something like that, he's he knows what he's capable of. The team or the coaches know what he's capable of and just go from there. Greg Villaserta, Coach Givia. I did it both ways just to make sure that, uh, you know, playing both sides. So I always come out on top there with the way I pronounced your name. Do you think Michigan can have the same game plan against this year against Ohio State and win in the shoe? I do. They didn't react while they're getting punched in the mouth. Absolutely. Because I do think that Ohio State will benefit to some degree this year from playing Wisconsin and Iowa because they'll understand a little bit more about what it's like to get punched in the mouth, at least on the offensive side of the ball. But defensively, I'm not, you know, Maryland will have its moment of like challenging them through the air. I don't think that they'll get mauled up front defensively. I don't know how good Notre Dame's front is right now. And then who else? There's really no one else. They'll get a little taste of it against Wisconsin. But yes, I think Michigan is built to still 
do what it did last year against Ohio State. That's why I. That's the main reason why that I think that Michigan has a really good shot, and why I would put Michigan in like the. I'm like 60 Michigan, 40 Ohio State on that light. I think they'll still get punched in the mouth. I don't know how you like. Your team's not tough. You're not just going to say, okay, we'll be tough now against a team that's already tough. That's already physical, right? Hey, that team's physical. Well, we need to become more physical. You think Michigan stopped becoming being physical? I don't think that's how that's going to work. So, yeah, I agree with you. Pete Nugent at Pete Nugent 4. If you're an opposing coaching staff trying to scheme against this team, what are some weaknesses both offensively and defensively from us that you would try to exploit? Uh, if I was a coach going up against the Michigan defense, I would try to attack the middle of the field. I don't know that would necessarily work, but that's what I would try to do. I would do one of two things, the middle of the field and the boundary. Uh, because I, I, even though I think the corners are going to be really good, I think the linebackers are going to be good. I, I still think that Michigan will be solid. More so in the front and parts of the back. So I would test some of the young safeties, really. That's kind of what I would do. Other side of the ball? I don't know. I don't, I don't know what you're going to do against Michigan, Michigan's offense to stop them. I think it's more hope Michigan figures out a way to stop itself because they've got too many playmakers to be able to stop them all. I don't know that there's an answer to that. Michigan's got to stop itself, which we've seen happen plenty of times. Try to confuse Cade McNamara and or J.J. McCarthy as much as possible and hope they mess up. Because I don't think anyone's going to out-physical that front and all that. Finishing us out, Chicago football guy at Midwestman21. What weapons should be allowed when the inevitable war breaks out in the fan base over who should start at QB? Everything's on the table. Everything is on the table. <laughs> if you have a mace, my weapon of choice is a 300 blackout. That would just be the way I'd go. Uh, although a mace would be pretty cool. Nunchucks. All right, that's going to do it for us. We did get to 30 minutes, pretty much. Uh, so that's going to do it. We'll be back on Friday. Not sure exactly what we're going to talk about. I'm sure something will grind my gears. Uh, and we'll go from there. But thank you for watching and or listening. We will talk to you again soon. Peace.